mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. excited that you're here today. We're excited about what God's doing here at Harvest. Uh, if you need to know dates and things like that, please check the information booth out front. Uh, I would give it to you, Denise, because I heard you yell, but I don't remember what it is now. I think it's the 17th, right, Brenda? The 17th is the Christmas party, and everybody is invited to come. Hey, uh, there is a lot going on this month, and so we want to just jump in and, and, and look at a brand new series. And you're going to hear uh, from not just me this month, but uh, some other ministers. I'll tell you, we're blessed with some good ministers in this place. Um, <clears throat> so we're excited about what God is doing. Let's go first. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Oh, thank you, Lord. And it's, he says here, he says, A virgin shall be born, shall be with a child and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Not God trying to be with us, not we hope God will become near to us, but God is with us right now. And see, I think a lot of times when we get in the hustle and bustle of all the things that's going on this, this month, uh, we forget that. We forget that no matter where we go, I think we said it a, a couple weeks ago, at our Wednesday night, if, if we really believed that our God was omnipresent like we say we do, then we would understand that he is with us everywhere at all times, you know? And we talked about some silly beliefs that we've had in the past, but you know, we gotta understand God is not some far off entity that we just hope he sees us. And we hope he hears us. And we hope he'll come through for us. But in this series, that's what we want to do. And we're just going to kind of get into it today of, of just understanding that God is with us. And you know, when things are going good, it's easy to remember God's with us. When I get a raise, it's easy to remember God's with me. What? I get them too. <laughs> All right, let's, go, let's do it this way. When you get a raise... <laughs> It's easy to know that God's with you. You get a new job, well, God was with me. You get a good parking spot, God was with me. See, you celebrate over a parking spot but not over getting a raise. Something wrong with you folks. So we, we realize all these times that you know when our, when our family's good, when the money's good, and when things are going, it, that we understand that God is with us. But how can we be sure God is with us in the valley? And that's what we're going to look at today because let me guarantee you something. You are in a few stages of your life right now. You're either coming out of a valley, going into a valley, or you're in one right now. Why? Because they're inevitable. And we're going to look at that later. But 
Valleys are just, they come, it's part of life, it's part of what we do. How many of you would understand this though, that a valley can be necessary? Sometimes a valley is necessary. Let's go to Psalms 23. <coughs> Excuse me, Psalm 23 from, uh, I'm reading from the modern English version, I believe. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And look here. And even though I walk through the valley, that's a prom- that's a guarantee. That even though I walk through a valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you <coughs> are what? With me. That's the promise from God that even though it looks like this thing is going to kill me, this thing's going to take me out, this thing's going to wipe me off the face of the earth, he's with you. He's with you. Jay and I was talking about something this morning and I I just grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, no, he's with you. Right there in the middle of everything we go through, in the middle of the hard times, when Ida was sick or or we're in the hospital or we're dealing with whatever's come out at our way, you have to know that though this looks like this thing may kill me, I can rest assured because I know God is with me. And this is the promise of Christmas, that he never leaves us. The word says he'll never leave you or forsake you, but he'll go with you in the bad times and the good to the end of the earth. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For God is with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me when my enemies surround me on all sides. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. See, we think that God will provide for, we think God has provided for us when we don't have to face an enemy. Oh, look around, there's no enemy around us. God doesn't care if the enemy surrounds you on all sides. In the presence of your enemy, he will lay a spread out before you where you can sit down at the table and feast of everything your father has. It doesn't matter. He will provide for you whether the enemy's there or not. God with you. He said, in the presence of my enemy, you prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Jump back to verse four again. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, Emmanuel. That's it. For you, Emmanuel. What if we just plugged his name in there rather than saying, then you're with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, though this thing looks like it's gonna kill me, but God. But Emmanuel. And though I walk through the valley of financial ruin, but Emmanuel. And though I walk through the valley where it looks like the sickness may take me out, but Emmanuel. And though I walk through the valley of my car is broke and I'm broke and everything around me seems and feels broke. Emmanuel. Oh, folks, if we could just grasp during this season that God is always with us and no matter how bad it gets, we have the promise that he is not going anywhere. He's not looking to get out, but sometimes valleys come and they're necessary. 
Sometimes they're necessary. And as much as we don't want them to be, look at this definition for necessary. I believe it's on, on the, it'll come up on the screen. <coughs> it is that which must be. Well, that don't sound fun at all, Kevin. <laughs> Though I walk through the necessary valley. Though I walk through the thing that it just must be. Why? Because this world's kind of messed up. It hasn't realized that Christ already came and redeemed it and turned it toward him. So we keep living this lie that somehow we're separated and God's there and we're here and we wonder. We gotta realize he came, Emmanuel has already come to the earth. Everybody's waiting for his second coming and we fail to rejoice in his first coming. (laughs) He has already came, Jay. He says a necessity is that which must be and cannot be otherwise. It's unavoidable and it's inevitable. So if a valley, I don't, now here's where people will argue with me and that's okay. I don't believe valleys are inevitable. We don't have to go through a valley. That, that, you know that's not even scriptural, right? Go to John chapter 16. Jesus just comes up from being baptized. The Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And look what happens. In John 16 verse 33, uh, we'll, we'll not skip that one. Go to Mark chapter 10, one, sorry. Mark chapter one, he says, and coming up out of the water, he immediately saw the heavens open up and the spirit descended on him like a dove and a voice, from hev- and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son and who I am well pleased. So here he's getting the, the, the stamp of God on his life. And the spirit, verse 12, immediately drove him into the wilderness. If the spirit led Jesus into a valley situation, why do we not think that we won't be led into a valley situation on time? If, if the Holy Spirit actually took Jesus and put him in a place where he was going to have to trust his father, He was going to have to trust the voice that came from heaven, says, you're my son, I'm well pleased with you, you're here to do what I sent you to do, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to a place where it's going to feel miserable. Now, wait a minute. God's not going to do anything to hurt me. I didn't say God was going to do anything to hurt you. But he might put you in a situation where you have to trust him because nothing else is going to work. It's inevitable. We live in life. It doesn't mean he doesn't love me. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about me. Doesn't mean he's thrown me out. But they're inevitable. If a valley situation, if a wilderness situation came to Jesus, why in the world do I not think that it won't happen to me? So if you're here today and you're going through something, you think, well, God's forgotten me. Maybe you're right where God wants you to be. I'm not talking about God made you sick. Don't put silliness in my mouth I can say that right All right. I'm not saying that God took your family don't put silliness in my mouth 
I'm not saying that God calls you to lose anything, but I'm saying where you're at right now. See, sometimes we forget what Romans says, where it says all things work together for good to those that love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So if he promises me all things are gonna work together for my good, that means no matter what hell I face right now, that come out, I am coming out the other side of this thing. That no matter how bad this thing gets, he's promised me that he will bring me out. See, there is a miracle that happens in a wilderness that sometimes won't happen to you on a mountaintop. Oh, come on. See, if you understand what this, and immediately, well, let's just, let's just look at it. And immediately he was led into the wilderness. He was driven into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness for 40 days. Tempted by Satan oof, and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered to him. Miraculous provision can sometimes only be found where you think God has forgotten you. Come on. He was in a place where Jesus himself was being tempted. Like you and me, I guarantee he was tempted to quit. How do you know? If you remember in the garden, he said, Father, if there's any way, man, if there's any way I can redeem these people without going through this, without having them hang me on a cross, he said, let this pass from me. Am I the only one that's ever wanted to give up? That's ever wanted to quit? I wanted to quit yesterday. (laughs) Not really, yesterday's a good day. But no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, folks, the angels ministered to him. And the word, if you read other versions of that, or, or references of that, that even, and while he, after he fought off the enemy with the word of God, the angels ministered to him then. See, only the miraculous place of miraculous provision was happening where he was in a wilderness. Sometimes it's necessary because sometimes God's got something for you in a place you never would ever go to look for it. Oh, come on now. I would never look there for that, but he knows where to put you because God's idea for you is always for you to prosper you. God's idea for you is for always for you to overcome. His idea for you is never to stay. It wasn't his idea for Jesus to stay in the valley. See, that's the other thing we're gonna look at in a minute. Not only are they inevitable, but they're temporary. Yeah. Valleys are temporary, folks. They're not, he didn't leave Jesus in the, in the wilderness. He said, I took him to the wilderness. And if you read on in those scriptures, it says when Jesus came out, then he came out full of the power of the Spirit. Yeah. Hmm. So the Spirit led him into a place when he would come out, he would be stronger than when he went in. Oh, come on. God's just wanting to take you to a place where he can absolutely put into you what you cannot get somewhere else. And we are so busy complaining about where we're at and what we're going through and how bad it is and how terrible it is that we fail to look around at the angelic ministry that could be happening to us just because we're in a place where we think God has forgotten about us. Hmm. 
Jesus goes into the wilderness by the leading of the Holy Spirit. He comes out of the wilderness full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Going through a wilderness will change you. That wilderness and valley is, is, you can switch them out. Going through a valley will change you. Why? Because you will find a prophetic provision that you wouldn't have uncovered if you would have just stood at the mouth of the valley. I'm from West Virginia. I know what those look like. We call them hollers. You, I know you call them hollows. Gary, I know. It's just <laughs> Galen knows. But you can look at the mouth of the holler and you can see all the way up. And there's a provision in there that you'll never find if you never risk it to go through what you think is gonna be a hard time in your life. Jesus came out of the wilderness full of the power. So here's what I want you to know. Not only are they inevitable, sometimes it's just gonna happen. There's hard times that's gonna happen, you know? Well, I believe God will provide all my needs. I do too. Absolutely, I believe God will provide all my needs. But what I may need may be in the place where I don't wanna go. Now again, don't get me wrong in saying, God put sickness on somebody. That's not God. And don't get me wrong saying, God took your money. God doesn't want you broke. Do a good study on Jesus. Jesus wasn't broke either. <laughs> but what we may see is a time where we're in a spot where unless I trust God, we got Pastor Glenn sitting back here in the back. When I first moved to Cambridge, was here just a few weeks, he, sat, he called me up and uh, he was our regional director for the organization, or district director for the organization at the time. And so, you know, he's doing his duty and he, he, asked, he asked me and Dee over to his house and he begins to share with me a vision that God had given him. At the time, you were still working for IBM, right? Working for IBM, had been working for IBM for 25 years? 25 years working for IBM and God's telling him at whatever age he was five years ago to retire and start a nonprofit business where people can go and purchase things at a, at a discounted price and he'll load, he'll load them down with all this stuff. And he says, if this grows, I want, you may want to be a part of it. At the time, I didn't even understand what he was talking about. I was like, what are you saying? Can I just share a little bit of your, I'm just going to put, his, I'm going to put everything out, his out on the. <laughs> so he, he goes into this, he starts this. He starts purchasing administ administration rights to a certain store where he can go and pick up their return goods. Sound familiar? Yeah. Okay, just wondering. Well, he, he, all of a sudden he starts growing and he says, I can't handle these stores. So he calls me up again. He says, I want to get rid of four or five stores. Do you want them? I said, yes. And we hadn't even talked money. Hadn't talked money to the board. Hadn't talked money to any of the leadership. I said, yes. Because God, I knew God was going to make a way. That's called Harvest House in case you're wondering. 
<laughs> That's our outreach over here where we give stuff away to hundreds and hundreds of people a month. Right, Lana? Now, his is set up a little different. And so, the first year, he didn't, I don't know this for sure. I'm just assuming he can correct me if I'm wrong. It probably didn't carry him. And I would say that a 401k was probably tapped. <laughs> and I would say his second year, his 401k, see, there are gonna be a time when you're having to step out and trust God in the middle of something that you have no idea how God is ever gonna bring you through this because he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for Emmanuel. For God is with me. And so let's fast forward five years. I don't even know if he deals with one of the stores that we deal with anymore. And now he's to the point where he's not retired anymore. Now he's employed by the business and his wife's employed by the business and his son-in-law is employed by the business and his daughter and what, five others? See, he'd have never started that had he stood at the mouth of that valley and said, I don't wanna go in there. My job is nice. My, do, my job is cushy. I'm probably stealing your message from a couple of weeks saying, oh well, you'll have to re-preach it. My job is nice. My job is comfy. This is paying my bills. I've raised all my kids. I've got two young boys. I still got to get out. But God, Emmanuel, will be with me. Folks, I'm telling you that sometimes there's only provision when you step out of your comfort zone and get to the place where God says, I want you here. But God that doesn't look profitable for me. Oh, folks, but Emmanuel. So valleys are inevitable, but they're temporary. God doesn't intend you, intend for you to ever remain in the valley. He didn't intend for Jesus to remain in that valley. Y'all good? He didn't intend for Jesus to remain in the valley. What did he do? He said, I'm gonna take you to the valley. I'm gonna let you, you receive angelic ministry and when you come out of the valley, you're gonna be full of the power of the Holy Spirit and you then will begin a ministry that will change the face of an entire world. Maybe you're the one that's waiting to see where God wants to do and he's just saying, if you'll step out, I will put you in a place that you will change your life forever. Just don't be afraid. Why? Because valleys are temporary. He's not gonna leave you there. He didn't leave Jesus there. Go back to Psalms uh, chapter 23, verse four. You'll have to find it, Bobby. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley. Not that I set up tent and I camp here. He said, you gotta walk through the valley because he's never intending on you to stay in a place that, that's uncomfortable. He wants to lead you to the green pastures. He wants to take you to the still waters, but sometimes just but your, your oasis is just on the other side of the valley. Sometimes that lush green patch you're looking for is just waiting for you to get through what you're facing right now and not give up and always remember Emmanuel, God with us. Go to 1 Peter chapter one. 1 Peter chapter one, <coughs> excuse me, 
Man, I like this teaching stuff. It's <laughs> First Peter chapter one, verse six, he says, and in this you greatly rejoice even though now, everybody say now. now. If for a little while, say little while, <laughs> you have had to suffer various trials. Folks, it's in the scripture. It's in the scripture. He says, you can greatly rejoice. Why? If you're going through a hard time, you're going through these little trials, you're going through this valley right now, that's the perfect time to start rejoicing. Amen. Why? Because this is just another opportunity for God to show up. One time, Dee and I, I, I got reminded of this last night, Lana. We were putting our, our Christmas tree up and Dee and I was decorating it and she, she showed me this little church and this little, I think it was maybe a manger scene in front of it or whatever. She said, do you know what this is? I said, no. She said, this is Sydney's first Christmas gift. I said, okay. She said, we took our last $6 and bought her one gift. And it was this little tiny ceramic tr- and I sit back and I look around and see where God has had me now. Does it mean it's been perfect all along? No, it's not been perfect all. There's been other valleys, Linda. There's been other times. We decided one time we were gonna take our last five bucks and eat at Papa John's because the pizza would last a couple days. <laughs> they were five bucks a piece. And I go to the ATM and I put my number in and there's a thousand dollars in there. Where in the world did that come from? I don't know, but see, he's not willing to leave us in a valley. He's always willing to take us out. He's always willing to get you out. He said, though I walk through the valley, not that though you leave me in a valley, you leave me in a hard place, you leave me in a hard time. He said, I will walk through this because I know that I am going to receive the angelic ministry that I need and I'm coming out the other side like Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. I could tell you stories like this all day long. Trying to go to Bible college and didn't have enough money to pay the tuition. Dee says, what are we gonna do? I said, get dressed. It's a valley. It's a hard time. So, yeah, let me tell you something. You go to Bible college, you live that way anyhow. <laughs> They used to joke about Ramah and call it ramen because it's all you ate. <laughs> but I remember, he said, what are we gonna do? I said, get dressed. We're in a valley. This is an uncomfortable place. And we show up to the front. Oh, not to mention that all that week they had lost our applications for our second year and we weren't enrolled either. They said, well, show up today and we can get you enrolled. And we show up and they said, oh yeah, we found your application from before the summer was up. It had fallen between two filing cabinets. So yeah, you're enrolled, everything's good, good. And I'm on the phone, they said, do you got your money? All right, do I lie? <laughs> I can lie, let me tell you, I can lie. He said, do you got your money? I said, no, but I will have See, you can't lose sight of the provision in the valley. 
You can't lose sight of Emmanuel in the valley. So we show up, we go up to the registrar's desk and they said, what's your name? And I said, Brent Belcher. And a girl stands up from the back and says, is that the Belchers? She said, yeah, somebody just called them, paid their tuition. Praise God. What if I stayed home that day? Well, do you have it? No, I ain't got it. I'll just sit home and cry. I'll just whine and cry. I'm gonna pitch my tent right here in this valley and I'm just gonna hurt. I'm just gonna suffer. I'm just gonna... <laughs> but see, you gotta understand, valleys are temporary and he's not gonna leave you there. And while you're there, surrounded by all your enemies, he's still gonna provide for you in the middle of it all. Oh. He says, for just a little while, in this you can greatly rejoice even though now, if for a little while you have had to suffer various trials in order that the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tried by fire, may be found to result in praise. When I'm tried by fire, it'll result in praise. Maybe we just focus on the wrong thing. Maybe our eyes just get looking at the wrong stuff. We've always heard this, the phrase, you can't see the forest for the trees. Ooh, glory. Found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus. In whom you haven't seen, you love and whom though you do not see him now, you believe and you rejoice with unspeakable and full, with joy unspeakable and full of glory. When was the joy unspeakable and full of glory happening? In the various trials, in the hard times. In, why? Because I knew that wasn't where I was gonna stay. That Emmanuel, God, was with me. <laughs> Let's look. I, saw, I found a quote that says, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. Amen. We, may get, we may get to know him on the mountaintop, but there's an intimacy that comes when it's just you and him and you have no one else to depend on. Mark and Cindy, stand up. I know a little bit of your story and I'm not putting it out there. But I'm here to tell you that this is for you today. To know that even though you may not see or even understand why or when or how God is taking you to where he's taking you, but know this, that he is already there. He already went before you and prepared the way. Don't fear looking down the valley. Walk into it with your chest out and your head up because God is never gonna intend for you to fall or fail or come up short. And I declare over you the blessings and the glory of God right now for your future endeavor into where God is taking you. Emmanuel is with you. Rest in that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. How do we get through a valley? Let's go through this. Let's finish this up. 
how to get through a valley. Well, first we're gonna go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Without faith, but now faith brings what? Hopes into reality and becomes, this is the Passion Translation, and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. For, it's, for it, it, it is all the evidence required. Faith is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. If you want the King James Version, for faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things. What do I need to get through the valley? You're gonna to have to just trust God. It's, 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 it's kind of like flying the enterprise. You're just gonna to have to believe that it's just crazy enough to work. It's just crazy enough to work. And when you think you've given it all you can give, there's something else in there and it's called faith. You are more powerful on the inside than you ever dreamed possible if you will just put faith. The word says that nothing will be impossible to him that believes. And if you will just begin to trust God beyond anything else, if you say, fine, God, I want to take you at your word. I'm going to be crazy enough to believe that what you said is true. Oh, then the valley won't, won't be so tough. First John chapter five. First John chapter five. I know he's going to read verse six, but I'm skipping it. First John chapter five from the Passion Translation of verse four, he says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world. That means you. That means you, whatever you're facing right now, Emmanuel, God is with you. Whatever you're going through, why? Because you're a child of God and every child of God overcomes the world. What, this is the worst it's ever gonna get for us. This is it. What's the worst they could do? Kill me? Send me to him? You know, this is it. This is it. This is as bad as it gets. Glory to God. If that don't make you shout, there's something wrong with you. He said, every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Our faith is the victorious triumph that overpowers the world. Glory to God, verse five. So who, so who are the world conquerors defeating its powers? Those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. How many in here believe Jesus is the son of God? Well, good. You overcome the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. It's your faith. It's what's already inside of you. Whatever valley you're facing, Emmanuel, he's in you. He's with you. He's never gonna leave you out. Folks, faith never stops to say this is the best it'll ever be. That's not faith. Faith says, I'm walking through a valley. But like Jesus, I'm coming out full. I'm not gonna lack. I'm not gonna come up short. <laughs> faith stands on the banks of a river and expects them to part. Faith shouts at a wall and knows 
it's gonna come down. Faith runs into a battle with a slingshot when the enemy is carrying a sword. Faith causes you to climb a, a mountain with a buddy and to defeat a whole army. Oh. Faith will cause you to look at a valley and say, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for God to show himself greater than anything I've ever seen. Folks, faith recognizes, you ever, faith recognizes a shadow when it sees it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, how many of you have ever been hurt by a shadow? We'll have to talk about that one. I have a niece, when she was little, she was terrified of her shadow. We were walking into our house one day and we were babysitters. She was squalling. I said, I won't say her name. She might watch. I said, baby, that shadow can't hurt you. Why are you afraid of your shadow? She said, have you seen the size of the head on that thing? But you see, as we grow, we understand that there's nothing to fear. A shadow can't hurt you. All a shadow can do is pass over you and let you know that an enemy was there, but it didn't get to you. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can't die anyhow. You are with me. I'm not gonna die. Y'all realize I'm not gonna die. I may transition realities, but death is not even a part of the child of God. <laughs> I'm really trying to get through this. For you are with me. When we pastored in Canada, we had a, a gentleman that had a turkey farm. And he had to make sure he was home at dusk every night to lower the windows on a turkey farm. Because if one of these turkeys would see its shadow, it would get scared and run. And all of the turkeys who were with it, without knowing why, would run. And what they would do, they would run as far as they could and when they couldn't run no more, they would just keep pushing and keep pushing and they would kill the first one in. His shadow didn't kill him. It was the fear of all the others around him. Don't ever let fear kill what God is putting something in you. Don't let fear run you into a corner while you wait to be crushed by everybody else who's just not brave enough to step into a valley and said, I'm going in, but I'm coming out better than when I went in there. Score to God. This is what's called going through a valley. And folks, God never says, you won't go through a valley. He didn't tell us that. But he did tell us you'll never have to go through one alone. Why? Because Emmanuel, God is with me. Go to Proverbs chapter three. Bobby is really chasing me because I'm skipping a bunch and going backward and forward. Proverbs chapter three, good job, Bobby. He said, let your character, oh, go to Proverbs three. I, I probably put that on the wrong scripture, Bob. Go to this one. It says, 
And if it's not there, sorry, Bobby, I messed up. In Proverbs chapter three, verse 25 from the message, said, no need to panic over alarms or surprises. I love that. No need to panic. Proverbs 3.25 from the message. No need to panic over alarms or surprises or the prediction of doomsdays just around the corner. This is what God says don't panic over. Alarms, surprises, or predictions of doomsday. Verse 26, he says, but God will be right there with you. He will keep you safe and sound. Hebrews chapter 13, verse six. From the Amplified Classic, it'll be, yeah. Oh, he's found that. See, I mixed them up. Go back to the Proverbs one now, Bob. That's me. I, that's what, I, I call it fat finger typing. It's all right. But it says Proverbs, but I promise I'm reading Hebrews chapter 13. Go to verse six. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified what man can do to me. Why? Because God is with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, I thank you for the opportunity just to stand before these people today and declare the goodness of you, to declare the power of you, to declare the presence of you. And Father, though times may get hard and times may be difficult and we don't understand what we're facing here, We don't understand what is actually happening to us. We can know that where we are, there you will be also. We know that in the valley, you are always with us. So Father, today I pray for a supernatural courage to overcome everyone in this room, everyone watching online, that they'll face a valley knowing they may go in and it may be uncomfortable, but they're coming out full of the power, the provision, and the remarkable person of the Holy Spirit in their life. I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Don't.